You're listening to Brick by Brick, a podcast by The Brownstone Experience. I am Felicia, and I will be interviewing women of color entrepreneurs on the couch, where we will learn more about their products, services, and how we can support them. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Brownstone Experience, Aggie. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yes. So um, welcome to, again, The Brownstone Experience, a shoppable lifestyle magazine for professional black women. Um, I'm so happy to have you as our June cover. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) Um, And it means so much that you accepted the invitation because of what June stands for, Juneteenth, right? Um, until we all free, right? Correct. We ain't free till we all free. Correct. Um, and I feel like um, as I did my research on you, um, your life has really been a testament of it um, that began with your parents. So I want to let the audience know a little bit about who you are, but I will let you share that in your own words. Okay, well, my name is Adjoa Tahemba, and Adjoa is from West Africa. It's an Akan name that means born on Monday, beautiful and intelligent, which I believe I am all three. Yes. Um, I was <laughs> raised in between Dallas and Atlanta, Georgia, so I feel like I got a really good just cultural experience overall from like with blackness. Uh, Atlanta is very black. Dallas is also very black now. Uh, so I, I'm a good mixture of also just being a city girl and being a country girl as well. Um, so yeah, I got that Atlanta Dallas mixture. Grew up at the Pan African Connection bookstore, which my father founded about 34 years ago. So grew up in African culture. My mom worked for Delta Airlines, which gave us the experience of travel. So we got to travel many places on a buddy pass for free. So got to learn just about different cultures, the way different people live, everything which kind of molded me into the woman that I am today. That you are today. So beautiful. So born on a Monday, mm-hmm. beautiful and intelligent. And intelligent. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, and just knowing the meaning of your name is we could that could go in a whole different direction <laughs> right there. Um, but again, um, I'm just so happy to have you because of the things that you're doing um, and that you represent. Um, you're also an author. Correct. Um, of a children's book. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a little bit about that experience? Yes. Yeah, so last December, uh, well, it came out in January for New Year's. I wrote a book called The Principles of Balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Principles of Balance is about a young girl named Aja who just learns how balance, how you have to practice balance in your everyday life, even as a third grader. So she goes to the spelling bee. And of course, the word is balance, and she has to spell it, but she has to give an example of the word for uh, every letter. So it just kind of correlates with how young children also need to practice balance in their lives and how it's everywhere you look around, balance is everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yes. So share with me a little bit about your, uh, you said Atlanta. I didn't know that. That's new mm-hmm. information to me. So when, I thought you were in Dallas all your life. So when was Atlanta? When did Atlanta happen? So Atlanta was about fourth grade through the ninth grade. That's a a pivotal part mm-hmm. of your life. And then y'all came, y'all were in Dallas first and came back? Correct. We started in Dallas, moved to Atlanta, and came back to Dallas. And came back to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to say that, so I'm originally from um, Mobile, Alabama. I always like to say that, Texas is the South, but it's not the dirty South. Correct. And so how do you feel about that when you think about Atlanta compared to Texas? Uh, it was definitely a cultural 
uh, change for me coming from Atlanta back to Dallas, especially like in the high school mm-hmm. time time of my life. Uh, like Atlanta is very, it's really dirty south. Like, <laughs> yeah, Dallas got gold grills and the cars, but Atlanta is like freaknik, yeah, like literally <laughs> freaknik everywhere yes, you go. Ti, long nails, colorful hair, the accents. Yeah. Yeah, just everything in Texas. It's a little more laid back. Mm-hmm. People very. It's a little slower, which I love because I'm a laid back person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt like overall the people were the same. Everybody was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Texas, you got the Hispanic Latino culture yes. also here, yeah. which in Atlanta you don't really see that much. Well, yeah. back then you didn't see it much. So that also when I moved back to Texas. I ended up going to a predominantly Hispanic high school, mm. which I'm happy I went there because I learned Spanish and I got to learn, you know, just different cultural differences. Like I would go to their abuela's house after school to eat tacos and tostadas and stuff I would never eat in my African-American home. Yes, yes. So more diversity when you mm-hmm. move this way. And a lot of the, the Western culture, the cowboy, like I love that I could see random People, uh, black people riding horses. Oh yeah, in my neighborhood. I'm like, oh okay, mm-hmm. this is different. Um, yeah. So you graduated from a graduated from high school, and then where did you go to college? So I went to college at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. It's a HBCU, about 30 minutes south of Little Rock. Okay. And what did you major in? There? I majored in fisheries biology. So I thought I was going to Prairie View. Okay. And then I was at Keith's Park jogging, and Pine Bluff called me like, hey, we got a full ride, but you got a major in this. And I'm like, what is fisheries biology? And they said, well, we need minority women to major in this because there's not that many women, especially black women in the industry. Pretty much it's the study of aquaculture, fisheries, everything to do with water. Mm. So it was definitely a culture shock because... The fact that you were open to it. Yeah, I mean, I had to get a full ride. <laughs> I needed a full <laughs> ride. Because coming out of high school, my GPA was trash. Like, I had a 2.4. I was not interested in any, like, college, anything like that, for real. I knew I wanted to go to HPC for the experience, but I wasn't, like, a star student or anything. So when they gave me that full ride, my mom was like, oh, you going to Pine Bluff. That's where you're going. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool because fisheries, you got to be outside with lakes, rivers, ponds. You get to, it's different types of fishing, like electro fishing that you would shock the water, the fish just pop up. Mm-hmm. Things a city girl you wouldn't even think of. So it exposed me to a different world. So did you have an affinity for the the water, the animals? I like the beach. Okay. But I never thought about ponds, lakes, rivers, things like that. I'm not too fond about water that you can't see through, you know, because, you know, you don't know what's in there, and I'm still like that, but that's why when I do go on the rivers, boats, and lakes, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, rivers and lakes, I stay in the boat, Mm -hmm. because I have a background in fisheries, and I know what's in the water. what's in there. Yeah. We're going to give some advice on that, or how do you... Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just be Be careful. Be careful. Wear your life jacket, know how to swim, don't get drunk and get on the boat. You need some you need somebody sober around in case something bad happens. Um if you fishing, just practice fish safety, get a fishing license, do it the right way. 
Okay, so you, you went into that field mm-hmm. uh, once you finished, and what did what did that look like for you when you started your career? So when I came out of college, uh, well, I did a couple of internships in Missouri, um, which was cool. They paid really well, but I was always the only black girl, and I just didn't feel comfortable being in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, being like the only Cape black girl. Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Yeah, and I was just like, uh. I want to go to the city, but the city doesn't have a lot of fisheries job. It's a more of a small town job. So I had a background in water quality from school. So I went into water quality with Harris County Health Department in Houston. Mm. And so got into water quality, started learning about, you know, food safety, epidemiology, and stuff just kind of took off from there. And, and so you landed, I know in the pandemic, you left, and since then you've taken a huge pivot, mm-hmm. um, but what did it look like for you uh, in that, what was it, five or six years mm-hmm. in that um, in corporate? Yeah, so I started with Harris County. After Hurricane Harvey hit, I was over Houston. I was like, you know what? I can't take the flooding and everything, so I moved up to Dallas with my mom. I saved with my mama, saved money, you know, mm-hmm. so... End up working for a health department here, a small city, and it was awesome. And like you said, COVID hit, and I just started getting kind of creative. Like, how can I make money without actually having to wake up for work at 7 a.m. every day? And so I thought about what I was doing, which I was teaching food safety, doing restaurant water quality inspections. And I said, I could just do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I know enough people. Facebook is the perfect place for business. Um, so I just made a flyer one day, put a price on there, put my expertise and everything, and the calls started coming in. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to resign, leap of faith, whatever, it's COVID, and I'm going to do it full time. And it worked out really well for me. Yeah, you bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. So you started to do the safety testing mm-hmm. for small businesses? So, yes, I started doing food safety management testing for um not even small businesses, uh, all restaurants, anywhere that serves ice, they have to have that type of certification. And it's good for five years. I'm an awesome teacher. Um, One thing I did learn was sometimes when people would take the test, they would fail it because they didn't understand the question. Mm -hmm. So I made sure to reword the question so that people would understand um, or just teach in a way that could relate to them. Uh, So... They got me a lot of good reviews, so I went from doing small businesses to all the universities in Arkansas, mm. just networking, really, and just, you know, being on time, making sure everybody understood the information, and having a good pass and fail rate, and it's just been going good. Congratulations Thank on you. that, because that I mean that was a big leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. So I want to tie together um, your upbringing and being raised by entrepreneurs, uh, and and not just entrepreneurs, right? So your parents opened the bookstore, which is to me like a, a cultural, um, just iconic place here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how, and then your corporate experience as well, and how that has molded you into where you are now, because I can kind of see how you're sort of pivoting back into your true roots now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So my father, Bandeli Tahimba, he start, uh, started the Pan-African Connection Bookstore, I think about 34 years ago, 1989. This was a time where black bookstores were popping up everywhere. 
Okay. People want to learn about their African culture, the Black Panther Party, civil rights. Everything was really like coming together. And if people needed a safe place to meet and black bookstores was that place. Mm. So my dad opened up a bookstore in Oak Cliff. Um, people would meet there and they would have book clubs and everything like that. So as he started to read, he started to learn more, more about his culture, African culture. So he said, well, let me go to Africa. So he started going to Africa, and he fell in love with the art, the culture. So he started to import art. So now we have a bookstore and an African art gallery. Mm-hmm. He met my mom, who worked for Delta Airlines, which was an awesome business thing because now he could travel for free to Africa. And so they traveled together, everything like that. So he started bringing in lots of art pieces for museums. Uh, different uh, large vendors, things like that. But also, he wanted to have a community center, mm-hmm. somewhere where people can meet, somewhere where people could come start their businesses. Even churches could come meet on Sundays. Like, people would have choir practice, everything. So he also let people come and do those things for free. Because, mm-hmm. you know, back then, people didn't have money to rent out spaces and stuff like that. So that's kind of where Pan-African Connection started, mm-hmm. just being a place where the community community can come and get resources. And get resources. And it is still that today. Yes. Very much so. You guys have farmers markets um, and just markets in general to allow people to come and sell their products and services. Yes. Um, also classes, teaching kids how to grow their food. Um, it is still very much that today. Um and so where have you found, so when you decided to, I'm sorry, when you decided to write your book, you told me an interesting story on, you know, I grew up in this bookstore and you said, you know, books are hard to sell, mm-hmm. but I decided to write a children's book. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about how you um, landed on a, on a children's book. Okay. So correct. Yeah. I grew up in a bookstore. I always read every, mm-hmm. all the books that came through, but when adults write books, you know, about their lives and, you know, trials, tribulations, stuff like that. Sometimes it's hard for the bookstore to actually sell that book because, to be completely honest, we all have tough lives. And unless you're like Barack Obama or Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama <laughs> somebody with a big following, I have to really sell your book, you know. So I have to listen to your book signing and push your book. And But one books, the one type of books you really don't have to push are children's books. If you have a nice cover, beautiful characters, a nice storyline, that children's book is going to sell just naturally. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, when you write a book, you don't write it to make money because unless you Barack Obama, right? Yeah. Your book is 46 uh, bucks. What's our guy? uh, The... Uh, Megan, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, spare. Yeah, unless your book is $36, $46 a piece, mm-hmm. you're not going to make any money off a $10, $20 book. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. And so um, I want to write a children's book. So I got with uh, a black publisher, and I told him my idea. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But I'm working on a series of books that I think it would be cool for you to get your feet wet first. So the series of books he did was Balance, Respect, uh, Praying, and it was another one. Mm -hmm. So he said, which one do you think you'll be interested in? And I said, well, I'm a girl that's all about balance. Like, I'm going to make sure I get my sleep. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to play hard. I'm going to work hard. But I'm about balance of the whole scale. So I told him I would do balance. Um, At first, I was a little, like, 
I wasn't that excited to write it because somebody was telling me kind of what to write about. Well, not specifically what to write about, but the title, like, Balance. Mm -hmm. And so I was moving very slow. And towards the summer, my deadlines start creeping up on me. I got kind of excited. And once they start sending pictures of the characters and you start working with your illustrator, I got really excited. And once the whole book came through and they sent it to you, like, wow, it was beautiful. I let my nieces and nephew read it, and they wanted to give it to their friends at school. And I was like, okay, I might have a little, you a, a have good something. one with this yes. one. Yeah, and people really said they loved it. Like, there, a lot of little boys were saying they had crushes on some of the characters in the book. <laughs> which I was like, okay, that's good. I mean, I want to keep reading it. So that motivated me. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to stick to children's books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a, um, I think that was just wise to land on children's books. Um, so I want to um, know, what do you think? And I know you're still learning. We all are. But what do you think, um, what would you like to share that you've learned in your pivoting from, you know, in your coming into a, a woman and being so in touch with your, your culture? Uh, what advice would you give to other women your age who feel like, who were before the point of you believing in yourself, right, um, to take that leap? What advice would you give? Uh, number one, I would say self-love. Uh, you really got to love yourself. You got to be confident in everything that you do. Because you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of people squinting their eyes. You're going to get a lot of haters. And it could be from your friends, your best friends, your family, mm -hmm. people who you would never expect, boyfriends. But once you are confident in yourself and saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and you stick to it, be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to be an overnight celebrity. That's right. Be patient and just let it grow. You're a flower. You can continue to grow. Mm -hmm. um, but self-love, just being confident in yourself no matter what. Expecting those, but just keep telling yourself the yes. Mm -hmm. But with those no's, Kind of listen to why they're telling you now, because it might be a legit reason. Mm. You know, if they say, well, I kind of went this way and it didn't work, take what they say and just use it for yourself and sit down and, you know, go to your drawing board and, you know, just take little things from what other people say. Yes, um, but it's starting from the inside. Inside, um, yeah. And it will reveal itself. That is such good advice. Um, everything externally will reveal itself once you start to work on the inside. Correct. Well, it has been a joy getting to know you more. I'm so excited to talk with you at the table because you have some topics <laughs> that I want to talk about yes. more. Um, and so, yes, you can meet us uh, at the table, ladies. Thanks for joining. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, like, and share so that others will learn about Brick by Brick by the Brownstone Experience. You can also learn more about our guests by going to our website, The Brownstone Experience.